Hey, hey, Josh, guess what? Uh, what? I like the new girl more than I like the office. <laughs> okay. Is that our new thing? Are we going to start off every episode with a joke now? Is that the thing? I'm not, I'm not joking. But no, you can't be serious. Like, I'm being totally serious. The new girl? Really? Yeah, yeah. You prefer uh, Zoe De Chanel over Michael Scott? Uh, no, but yeah, I'm being totally serious. I actually prefer the new girl to The Office. Mm. Mm. I recognize that this, for many people, will throw my humanity into question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've it's, known you for a while, Nate, but I like The changes. Office just fine. I like The Office just fine. I but I I also am sort of part of a crowd that thinks The Office went on a few seasons too long. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. definitely. I think it should have ended with Jim and Pam's wedding. Okay, um, or maybe even just brought all the like the Michael Scott stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or even just ended when Michael left the office. Mm-hmm. But I just. I don't know, like for me, the the office didn't have like a lot of the episodes get kind of samey. Like I, I enjoy it, hmm. but and I think too, like I'm very uncomfortable with um awkwardness. With being like, uncomfortable. With yeah, like <laughs> dude, and Michael Scott just like there's like it's a, it's like it's just a little too much for me. Okay. And Okay, fair like, enough. I think like the new girl is like just way more cartoonish, like mm-hmm. because the new girl definitely has like some of that stuff, but it's like way more. It's like it's not quite as real as yeah. some of like the weirdness and the awkwardness. Like the office is like you actually know people who are like strikingly similar. Like yes, yeah. it's cartoonish, but at the same time, you're like oh no, don't no, Michael, don't do that. And then he does it, and you're just like oh. But it's like, you know, like when Nick Miller does something on the new girl that's stupid, I'm just like, ha, <laughs> that's dumb. Yeah. So. Okay. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Are but you, you still think I'm a monster? Uh, I don't know. I mean, not a full. No, just so long as you recognize that, that you're the one that's, you have the problem here. Like you said, I, you just don't like being uncomfortable. It's your issue. It's not an issue with the show. No, I think it's an issue with the show. Well, okay, then we can move on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, and everybody's like, what did I just listen to? <laughs> right, exactly. Welcome to the Backlog Breakdown, where we discuss hot takes. Hot takes on the new girl. <laughs> um no, but anyways, uh, that that setup will have meaning and merit, mm-hmm. and uh, I won't spoil it, but spoilers, it's kind of related to what we're going to be talking about tonight. But anyways, Ooh. so now that we've gotten my heresy out of the way, how are you, Josh? <laughs> how have you been? I'm doing good. I'm do- I finished up my the course that I've been taking, um, submitted my final paper on Sunday, and so it feels great for the next three days. I don't have anything like nagging in the back of my mind that I ought to be doing and I can catch up on some other stuff. And maybe a lot of that stuff will be recreational stuff like hobbies, like certain things that I enjoy. Um, Huzzah. Like playing spoopy games. We'll see. Spoopy games. I'm, I'm excited. 
I've got, well, the, the, well, I'll wait for the report. Okay, I'll get to that then. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing in my mind right now. Mm. But yeah, dude, doing good. How about you? Good, good. Had, had the day off. Mm. Um, federal holiday, national holiday. Uh, Columbus Day mm-hmm. uh, or Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, depending on who you're talking to. Um, yeah, I don't have any commentary to add there. It's just <laughs> that's a whole weird debate that I want nothing to do with. It's like this mm-hmm. is dumb. I uh, I will say I did see uh, someone actually someone who works at Game Informer. He tweeted out um, that apparently he celebrates Columbo's Day. And so he had like all these little like shirt pins with Columbo's face on it. And I thought that was really funny because it's like just totally sidestepping any of the that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it's just I appreciate Columbo's that. <laughs> the, the Game Informer podcast is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed the episodes I listen to. Um, I would just want to wear like that tan trench coat thing that he wears. And just walk around. Well, like, because he has like some, well, not all the time, but I just want to walk around and be like that cool and like a rumpled suit and sort of just be like Columbo. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I was like, wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about the same thing? Game Informer is a bunch of different people. Yes, Columbo. I'm talking about Columbo. That's (laughs) right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Columbo's all. I actually haven't even seen very much Columbo, but what I did see, I really liked. And, I just in my mind, Columbo and RC Sproul are almost the same person. So yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> no, that's that, that probably explains a lot of why I want to be like Columbo. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, yeah, did like the whole uh, got did some busy work. Took a two and a half hour nap, mm-hmm. um, as you do, which, as as I do occasionally. <laughs> uh, apparently. Uh, uh, took the dogs for a bit of a walk, a couple miles, I think, uh, with Megan out into like a nearby local park sort of thing. Uh, smoked a fine cigar to the glory of God. Mm. Um, yeah. Didn't, didn't have quite the day I thought I was going to. Okay. Uh, I was planning on being a little more productive, but then two and a half hour nap happened. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I see. So. But I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, I did get up at like five thirty, six o'clock, Ooh. and go lift. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, there you uh, go. You know, uh, I've been doing this thing where, um, and for anybody listening, if you guys could just pray for me and maybe challenge me when you guys hear this, I'm trying to, I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks going through the Ten Commandments, sort of meditating on the Ten Commandments, and then I'm going to go through the Lord's Prayer, and then I'm going to just sort of keep recycling through those. Th- things as like a devotion slash quiet time so nice uh but uh yeah it was a pretty good day all in all just didn't do a whole lot of anything just sort of like i said um some busy work but not a ton Mm -hmm. so uh getting involved in tweet storms and tweet fires oh that's always fun i did doodle a little bit Mm -hmm. um the the one Twitter thing that I got tagged in. Gotcha. Uh, hot takes. The three things, the three hot takes. He said that Coney dogs are only with chili and onion, or with chili and onions are the only acceptable way. And I'm like, that's outrageous because you're forgetting nacho cheese. Mm. Um, but that is 
my hot take. Chili dogs are the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Frankly, I don't care what you put on them. Just mm, load it up and put it in. Well, sorry. I'm going to stop talking. I'm not going like, to finish that sentence. I like hot dogs. Yes. Yes. It's like, I just had this visual. You remember that? I like totals. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I hot, like dogs. hot dogs. I like hot dogs. It's about that time, too, because it's October. Paint mm-hmm. your face mm-hmm. and tell a reporter that you like turtles. It's yes. the season. It's that time. Anyways, <laughs> wow. The, the places, you know, the places we've gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was a, an okay week, but... Um, I well and and I should and I keep I do this all the time but pre-show I shared with you that I had been reading some of that book by uh Cornelis. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Cornelis Van Dam. Okay. And if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. Uh but The Deacon and uh I I was telling you about how like there was a moment where I was just reading it and I can't remember the particular passage. I think he was just sort of describing some of what uh, the deacons function in the church and sort of talking about that. And uh, it actually sort of like was so sort of profound and beautiful. It actually sort of like made me start to like tear up a little bit. Like, and I was like, wow, Uh, I really, and I'm not even being facetious. I really like that book. And I really think a lot, I think I was talking with somebody else in a different, in a, in a, a, pipe and cigar facebook group that i belong the reform pipe and cigar lounge um which if you like tobacco things it's an okay place to hang out um thanks but uh he was asking about it and i just said it really i really the more i the more i read of that book the more i think that everybody in the church should read it um i I think it's sort of that good in sort of helping us to understand not just what the deacon's role in the church is, but sort of understand some of the image of the church, what 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 the church should look like in a lot of ways. Um, I think he breaks down a lot of like, uh, yeah, I just think it's very a very good book. It, it comes fully endorsed by me, and I haven't even read all of it. And, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, man. Uh, that's awesome. It's been, yeah, it's been, it's been just like, like I did have, I did have like a crummy couple of days last week, okay. but, and I told you this pre-show too, like I recently came to the conclusion that I need to sort of repent of being a grump and being sort of a, a sourpuss or a cynic or whatever. Um, and so like, I'm trying not to be such a negative Nancy. Um, but yeah, I had a couple of lousy days last week and I was just like, eh, but overall, like my, my, my last couple of weeks, you know, I've been okay. I, I am hitting this weird spot and it's like, it's something that we'll see how long it lasts. But so my job in the post office, I'm going to try to make this quick because, because we're good at bad at brevity stuff. <laughs> um, and things. Uh, but so my job at the post office is I'm uh, a carrier letter carrier technician type two or something. I, whatever. I don't know what the official, we just call them floaters. Sometimes okay. uh, other offices call them like cut men or pivot men or something like that. But um, hmm. I cover five different routes and then 
And, and the way that works is because everybody's day off rotates, like you have Sundays guaranteed, and then your day off rotates to their week. And so when you have an assigned route, your floater comes in and he covers your day off. Okay. And so I cover five different routes. Uh, starting next week, right now I have two. Okay. So one of my routes is an auxiliary, which means it's not a full route. So I don't okay. really have a carrier on that. So I won't just for the sake, but basically, so on these five routes, typically I have four carriers. One of them left um, to become a supervisor a couple, maybe about a month ago at this point. Nice. But it's been a few weeks. Uh, So his route has been open for a while. And so that adds, I I just got one of the CCAs to put a hold on it, which just means a CCA is an entry level position and just means that he'll be carrying that route uh, in some ways similar to like if it was his route but it's not his route he's just he's he just he's just going to carry it every day uh until a full-time carrier gets assigned to it but uh, or bids or whatever but uh one of my other carriers just she bid another route it's still in the same office but it's in a different part of town and so she's no longer on my float. So now I have two. And then for the last week, I was covering another route where the guy has been out on vacation for like a week. He comes back for like two or three days this week, and then he's gone. Like he's he's moving up north. So oh. four out of my five routes don't have a carrier assigned to them. Huh. <laughs> like, like I said, I have a floater on the one or a, a CCA on the one, but I'm going. Uh, like it's just going to get really not great, um, huh. for a while. So I'm a, I'm a little spook. I'm a little spoopied, um, <laughs> because like we're, we're coming into like the season where it's like, dude, like starting in November, like things get bonkers yeah. in the post office, like tired becomes my default operating state. Um, so We'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, I mean, God's good. I'm having a good time. Uh, liking the new girl more than the office. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there's someone listening to this who doesn't have a TV, which doesn't make sense. Cause then how do you play video games? Um, that could not make a lot of sense out of context. I'm liking the new girl more than the office. Sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Conte- contextless, <laughs> that is such a weird um, <laughs> statement. I like the new girl more than the office. What? <laughs> um, but uh, let's move. Uh, we should probably move into the backlog report. All right. Let's go for it. Um, I've got it somewhere around here. Okay. Um, the backlog report. I guess I'll I'll jump in if you don't mind. Okay. I honestly don't have much to talk about. Yay! Um, because me neither. Like I said, I've been finishing up my course work, mm. and uh, so that is that's taken up a lot of my time, a lot of my free time. Most of my video game time has been on has been while I'm exercising. And so, um, 
it has been on a handheld, as opposed to on my PS3 playing Silent Hill 2. So the two games that I have played over the past couple weeks, uh, Silent Hill 2, I put in about half an hour, (laughs) and then I got Mm -hmm. super tired. Um, And so because, if you've ever played the game, it starts off and it's a walking simulator, um, I was just like, I could barely keep my eyes open. And I was frustrated with myself because I'm like, this is the one time I get to play video games and I'm super tired. This is lame. But I'm also human and I need to sleep. So I saved and put it down. So I need to, I need to jump back into it. I think since the, you know, I won't be starting my new (laughs) class until the weekend. Um, I I do want to, I think I'm going to be able to, to knock it out over the next couple of weeks. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Really digging into Silent Hill 2. I just haven't done much so far. Um, So the game that I have been playing on my 3DS um, is a weird little one. I mentioned it on the last episode, the bite-sized episode that I did, that I had wanted to get into some some roguelike video games. Mm -hmm. And I own a um, Mystery Dungeon-style game on the DS. Mm -hmm. It is a sequel to a game that I don't own. Uh, the, The game's called Izuna, so this one's Izuna 2, it, the, the original was The Legend of the Unemployed Ninja, and this is The Unemployed Ninja Returns. So it is a very uh, very anime, very kind of weeby game um, that I'm enjoying because it's so, like, over-the-top, very... I mean, not, even, not necessarily tropey, but very much like, oh yeah, this is an anime. Like, the way people act and react to each other and the way that they're just cracking jokes all the time and everything is very comedic um, while, you know, like, oh, the world's going to end, but let's just make some jokes. Um, it, it's, yeah, very anime style. And I like that. Uh, the game itself, so if if you haven't played a Mystery Dungeon type game before, a, a roguelike, um, you're basically going through dungeons, fighting enemies, and when you die, you lose all your stuff. So generally, um, it, it's turn-based, it, it's kind of overhead, sort of looks like a Zelda game, but you move in blocks as opposed to, you know, Zelda, you're moving all around. Um, and th- what you make a move, you move to a different square, and that takes up one turn, and so your enemy gets to move to a different square. And then you attack, that takes up a turn, so your enemy gets to attack, and um, so you're kind of just progressing that way. It's, it's, a, it's a weird kind of hybrid of, like, action RPG and turn-based strategy type of game. Yeah. Um, but it does do the kind of permadeath thing. In general, this game in particular, um, you still keep the level that your character is at. So um, it, it started off, and I really I, I really liked it at first. I was like, this style of game I've just never played before, so I really wanted to get into it, and I was really digging it for the first couple dungeons. Um, but, and, and it's because I'm a little, you know, a little wuss and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll play, you know, this one doesn't do the permadeath thing. So I won't, I'll still feel like I'm progressing. Right. I don't feel like Mm -hmm. I've wasted my time when I die. Well, that thing about the game that you still get to keep your levels and, you know, you're still a lot stronger. Uh, like there is that sense of progression is actually holding it back now that I'm 
past halfway into the game because now it feels like you need to grind in order to beat the dungeon. So like uh, you're not going to beat the dungeon the first time or the second time or the third time you attempt it because you need to you need to like fight in the dungeon long enough to gain a couple levels and then then you'll actually stand a chance against kind of the lower levels of the dungeon. So, um, all that said, I I like the game. I've been enjoying my time with it. Um, I'm finishing it just because I don't want to put it down, but it's definitely, um, it's not a great game and I would not necessarily recommend it, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to see it through to the end. Cause I'm almost it's like there. I started this and now I'm going to finish. Exactly. It. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally it because I thought I was close to the end for the past, like two or three dungeons, but now the final boss is fun. He's like showed his face or whatever, unless it pulls a dragon quest eight. And, and at which point in time you'll be like, Nope. Well, no, I'll probably be so frustrated. I'll just be like, fine, I'll do this one last dungeon. Uh, hurl, hurl your three DS across the room yeah. and shriek. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's Azuna 2. That's what I've spent most of my time, my video game time playing, just because I'm able to do that while I'm doing other stuff. Um, so, in other news, uh, so that's video games. Um, in terms of memorization, I'm still hacking away at the first 10 verses, are kind of what I'm like, my goal is in James chapter 2. I'm almost mm. there. I'm probably like 90% there um, with the first 10 verses. So it's coming along. It's, you know, even if it's a little bit, little bit of progress day by day, it's coming. Um, yeah. In the Institutes of the Christian Religion, I'm about like 20 pages out from the end of the second book, from the end of book two. And uh, there's, yeah, it's good stuff, man. Um I probably should have pulled up some quotes. Like I was just reading it this morning and there was this part where he was talking about the death of Christ because he's talking about um, in the apostles creed, how it says that uh, talking about Jesus, he descended into hell. And so he's kind of defending that statement and what it, what it means and how like Jesus not only took our sin in his body, in his death, but also like, incurred the wrath of God so that he could pay our penalty. Um, and he says something really cool that was basically like, uh, he, he tasted death or what did it say? He was swallowed up in death, not to be engulfed by it, but so that he could engulf it or something like that. I totally just butchered it. It sounded so much cooler in the book. And I was like, dang, that this Calvin guy, he's onto something. I like it. Um, I, I personally have always struggled with that line in the yeah. creed. You know, he descended into hell. But the reality is, what you know, and the the thing that I've sort of thought about this, and I haven't, I haven't read that part of the Institute yet. I'm sort of, or I don't remember reading that. I've, yeah, Institutes maybe next year. Um, that will <laughs> gotcha. be sort of like my big reading uh, thing, but. Uh, you know, the, what hell is really the removal of all of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that will be is God's active wrath. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. He, he absorbed the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so, you know, and again, I'm not, I don't know, like, it, like, here's the thing, it doesn't biblically give us an account of what happened in the three days that Jesus was dead. Right. It doesn't say, you know, if he went into hell, he did so, you know, for whatever. Uh, you know, and he came out as the conqueror. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, it, to me, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm not completely comfortable with that line still. Mm-hmm. But like, where I've I've sort of been able to rest is that you know, on the cross, he drank the cup of the Father's wrath. Mm-hmm. He took on the Father's wrath. And so absorbed it, you know, so that we could be shown grace, so that we could be shown mercy, and that God's justice could still be administered. Um, yeah. And so in that, and like I said, and, you know, hell is not a place where it's like the devil rules. Hell is the place where God's wrath is sort of un- untethered from his his justice and his wrath are sort of his mercy is removed his grace is removed and he 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 sort of withdraws his gracious you know it, it, not that god has parts <sighs> jeepers but it makes sense to me that that's all i was trying to say yeah. it, like i'm like oh i get i like over the years that's sort of where i've been able to rest on some of that stuff so there you go yeah no, and and that's I I agree with you in that the um the issue that I have with that is not in what the original writers meant. It is in what is what is commonly understood by that yep. term today. So, yes. like th- we think of hell as a literal place, and so when we say he descended into hell often people assume and i would assume as well if i hadn't like yeah. looked into this that means that he literally after he died went to the place called like the lake of fire you know and it's just like oh that's weird like where do you get that kind of a thing instead of thinking it like the descension not in a physical sense but in the sense of like he was under uh he was in the tomb yeah he was dead he was in Gehenna is actually so Hades, the underworld, is is more in line of what they're they're sort of talking about. In that, like he was dead, he was in the tomb, he was buried. Mm-hmm. We've sort of transposed Gehenna when he talks about Gehenna as like and and he's as as the lake of fire, as the 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 place of punishment. Mm-hmm. And I think he gives like a good. Even in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, you know, Jesus affirms that such a place does exist. Mm-hmm. So I, I get real sort of, I don't know enough about, like it, it talks about it, but I think that some people draw hard lines and where I'm like, we don't know enough. We yeah. know that there's, that when we die, we are either part of the elect or part of, or we are, we die either in grace or in judgment. Yeah. And that's it. We know that those who die in faith are received in grace and 
you know, dwell with the Father eternally. And on the other side, not so much. We know that there, the God, and again, God's wrath will be sort of unleashed. I, I don't know. Right. I just, I get, I get real uncomfortable talking about that because I'm, I'm just like, I haven't done enough study. But to me, there's just not a lot of biblical proofs for some of the things that have taken root in popular theology. Yep. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. 100%. I agree. Anyways, um, didn't mean to interrupt you. So. No, that, that, yeah, that's, that's fine. I just thought it was cool. He, I think uh, Calvin does a good job of, of like explaining that as well. And, you know, like, like I just said, I still have my reservations with using that term. But again, it's simply because of how people would understand it nowadays, as opposed to what is actually yeah. meant by it. So, um, anyways, yeah. yeah, that was the last thing. That was the last little section that I read in the institutes. Um, and then Valley Vision is the other book that I've been Dope. keeping up with. Pretty much just one a day at this point. Um, but you know, going through it all, and man, it's good stuff. It's good yeah. stuff. I just recommended it. My my sister, my brother in law, is going to be deployed. He's active duty army. Wow. And she was like, she was like, she was sort of. Th- she was like, you need to write a devotional for my husband because you're you were a soldier and you understand what he's going through. And I was like, I was like, uh, buy him a copy of Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon mm. and The Valley of Vision. I use The Valley of Vision as a prayer guide, and Charles Spurgeon was the Prince of Preachers, <laughs> even though he was a Baptist. Got a lot of really good things to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I see me to- totally begging off like the charge that she, she's like, you should do this. I was like, right. No. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what you should do. <laughs> uh, that being get those books. I wasn't insinuating anything else. Um, so, okay, the other thing that I have read recently, so, you know, I've been on the, like another one of these productivity kicks, I told you about mm-hmm. like the whole day planner and everything. So I started, or actually I just finished um, reading another book, listening to another book by the same guy who wrote the last one. And I realized now that I have it written down in my notes, it sounds like super Joel Osteen-esque. Like the title oh, of this book is boy. Your Best Year Ever is what it's called. But like again, in context, it makes sense. It's it's literally just about like productivity and like mm-hmm. making go- setting goals and actually attempting to meet the goals and how you would go about doing that. Um, so that's what it means when it says your best year ever. It's not it's not like the law of attraction garbage. That's like <laughs> I'm gonna speak this into existence. Exactly. Yeah, matter is energy, and you just need good energy to attract good matter. Take your oh stupid gosh. new age heathen, <laughs> heathenism, paganism, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that is not what it is. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. Um, I do realize, so the guy who who has this whole like um, outlined system, his name is Michael Hyatt. Um, and mm-hmm. I've, I like a lot of the stuff that he, um, that he talks about a lot of his system. I think it's good stuff. Um, I do recognize though, uh, that it is mostly for so at my job I work at a church right I have certain things that I have to get done every week um, you know I'm I'm an AV tech there so like the you know there are yeah. things that I have to do to prepare for Sunday but then there are also just like projects that need to be done 
And so I kind of have to decide in which order I'm going to tackle them and how I'm going to get them done. Like a lot of my job is kind of free form in that I like, I can set the vision of what I want things to look like. I also do you're, a lot you're of You're very self-driven. Right, exactly. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that he talks about is particularly for people like that. So, and, mm-hmm. and or like entrepreneurs and people who start businesses and stuff like, like stuff way above my head. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So it's been very beneficial for me, but I recognize that not everyone has that type of job. And it's not just work he it a lot of it applies in personal life as well but because mm-hmm. the stuff that he talks about with work is generally geared towards that um you know i i just think of like you know when i was working at the coffee shop like this wouldn't help me as much you know what mm-hmm. i mean because it's just like well yeah I, I have to serve coffee like this isn't real. there's there's not much that i can do unless i'm you know seeking to be the, the manager assistant to the regional manager of this coffee shop. Like <laughs> it's, that was an office reference. If you didn't get that, the office, you know, that show, the office. It's uh, not as good as the new girl. <laughs> um, so maybe, but I just, I just realized as, as I was listening to it, 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 basically I'm just saying like, it's not necessarily for everyone, but it's been beneficial for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's my report. What you been up to bro? Uh, um, well, I mean, after I beat Psychonauts, uh, mm-hmm. didn't really, there There was like a three or four day stretch where I just didn't touch anything for a while. Okay. Um, and then I, uh, uh, Borderlands 3, of course, because mm-hmm. uh, it's, that's my, my drug. Um, <laughs> I get to shoot and loot. Um, tried to hop on with my brother a couple of times and didn't really, the timing didn't really work out. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm playing some of that. I really enjoy it. There's it, the, the one sort of, I really like that game. And, uh, I think people who are critical of the writing, I'm like, you just haven't been paying attention. The writing in this game series has always been bad. Like it's, it's just like, it's a dumb story. You're not supposed to care. And it's like, okay. and they're like, but I want a serious sci-fi shooter. And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. Have like, you heard Claptrap before? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, uh, Handsome Jack had a diamond horse named Butt Stallion. Like, <laughs> really? We're going to get like, uh, you know, it's like, you don't like, the Calypsos are cringy and gross because you're supposed to hate them like you're supposed to want to punch them in their dumb face that's what makes shooting them super satisfying you know not because they're like some well-crafted villain that you have a sympathetic bent to anyways i could get on a rant about that (laughs) there are some very serious problems with that game i think the ui is busted Ooh. uh I yeah, and it's in in the sense that the way that you interact with the menu and everything, um, they render it. I, I'm pretty sure that this is what they do, and I'm not 100. percent But it rent like you bring it up and you bring up your little menu thing, and it mm-hmm. renders that in the world. And other people have talked okay. about this too. But it actually it chews up like a huge. It basically renders your menu as a physical item in the world. 
and it chews up a huge amount of RAM. And so that's where huh. the whole like problems with uh, local co-op have like couch co-op stuff become an issue is that uh, it just, it's, it's, it's flashy and it doesn't need to be. Gotcha. And it, that's it's simply put, it's like you could have stripped this thing down and made a much more functional, functional UI. It's fine the way it is, but it's whatever. Uh, gotcha. Let's see. I'm going to pull up my GG. GG. There's a little bit of oh, a yeah. plug, boys and girls. Uh, if you aren't using it, you probably should be. I did start Silent Hill. Um, mm-hmm. I got probably about 20 minutes into it, so not much further than you. Hey. Uh, I was like walking through the forest and then I had to, you know, and I got like to the gate. So maybe like 10 minutes, like, like I'm probably not even as far as you. And, uh, mm-hmm. anyways, got it, got it started. But worst part, and I, I texted this to you, I was listening to a podcast and I accidentally got the game <sighs> spoiled for me. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to what I was listening to. And the dude was like, Silent Hill 2, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, <laughs> what? yeah um uh made me a little like sad panda um but i'm still gonna play it um just because like actually hearing the end of like how the game ends and stuff i was like oh that's really kind of fascinating um and based on what i've played so far the little bit it's like somebody made the argument that this game really deserves like a, a resident evil 2 remake sort of thing and i'm like i would I would be down for that. Um, it's a different type of horror than Resident Evil. Um, mm-hmm. Silent Hill is like much more suspense, where it's like it's it's sort of just about the creepy vibe, and it's not necessarily it's about. Whereas Resident Evil is like l- literally, you're just gonna like things are going to actively kill you. Mm-hmm. Silent Hill just tends to be more about like super creepy set pieces. Yeah. And nightmare nightmare fuel. Um <laughs> so I'm I'm going to I'm I'm I want to sort of sit down and pace through it so that and I'm going to hit this real quick. Uh listening to the we we got some feedback on the Psychonauts episode. And I think uh, sort of, and we, we engaged Eric Bryant, who is mm-hmm. a huge fan of that game. And I think he's right. I think like we were probably harsh, like, and I think we both sort of talked about this, but because we sort of powered through the game, so to speak, mm-hmm. we really sort of robbed ourselves of some of the, I, and I enjoy the game. I, like I said, this was my idea to play this. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's an 18 to 20 hour game. We should be able to sort of like choose through this. And then, like, we sort of punched through it, and we really robbed ourselves, I think, of some of it. And so, because we sort of played through it in such a quick way, and just, we were playing to get it done, and I think we sort of robbed ourselves. And that, that's just my sort of hot take on our Psychonauts stuff. I want to say, like, mm-hmm. I really do like that game. Um, I really enjoy it, and it's like, unfortunately, because... You know that that was a huge episode. Like it was like yeah. we had like three hours of content recorded for that, and that was just us talking about the game. That was none of the the pre show recording stuff. Um, it was huge, and I I just kind of like so it's it's just you know what I'm saying. Like I I want to say like if if I was overly harsh on that game, I really do think it's a game that a lot of people should play. I just think mechanically. Mm-hmm some of like and it's primarily the controls and the camera 
I don't think they they aged well, and I think that that is a valid criticism. But yeah, overall, I think that game is a bit of a master stroke. I, I think it's a bit of a master's class in, in a lot of ways, just as far as like the the the, the conceptual stuff they do. Anyways, yeah, moving on. Um, so Borderlands three, Silent Hill two. Mm, this hurts. What, um, what it is actually it, doesn't hurt. Um, what is it, Nate? Sometimes I'm wrong about things. <laughs> and Breath of the Wild is a slightly better game than I gave it credit for. Mm. And that's mm. about as much as I'm going to say. Mm. I'm, I mm. came mm. back to Breath of the Wild. I've sunk a few hours into it. Um, and I was telling you earlier, I really am enjoying it way more now that I'm coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think... And and I and I said this, you know, again, pre-show. If you want to, like, seriously, people, there's a lot of stuff that I, I sort of ramble on about and rant <laughs> about on pre-show that you're totally missing out on. Uh, you guys just get sort of like the, uh, the not as fun version. D- just know, just know, you're getting the condensed version. <laughs> you're getting so the condensed version. If you like us rambling, <laughs> yeah. That's that's you, you know you, you'd be getting what you'd pay for. You're only getting um, the two and a half hour version, <laughs> not the the forty five minutes of Nate just talking about how he was wrong about uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, it's. I still think the weapon system is broken. I think it's junk. Um, it's not as bad as I made it out to be, but I still don't think it's good by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I do really like climbing a lot um especially now i've got a little more stamina it's way more fun i still maintain that a hook shot would make that game a bazillion times better it's as i said before uh pre-show if there was a hook shot in that game i would never stop playing it <laughs> um uh and then what was the last but uh and and th- there's like some minor quibble stuff like uh but i really uh, coming back to it uh I'm liking it a lot more than I initially gave it credit for. Uh, I think the problem is that the game has so many like strong notes. Like it, it's sort of like listening to a musical composition executed perfectly, except there's like two or three parts that are just not as perfectly executed. And so they're just, those notes are like way more sour than they ought to be. Does that like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a high bar that, when you you sort of bump up anyways so breath of the wild not as bad um as i pretended it was mm. so i was wrong which is not something that i'm used to saying oh. <laughs> i should probably get way more used to it um but uh and i'm being facetious i'm trying but yeah i'm, I'm wrong a lot actually <laughs> but uh just usually not about video games <sighs> anyways uh, as far as memorization, I have gotten to the point where uh, Galatians 2 verses 1 through 10, so similar sort of setup, mm-hmm. I am comfortable sort of, I can sort of remember them in my head. It's not word for word, but I can sort of remember the the, the chunk for the most part. Like I, when I use that verses app, I can tap out, do the first, like the... You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Reveal the next part. Yeah. Well, no, I can do the one where you just tap the first letter. Okay. Gotcha. And I only get like a couple wrong, a couple words wrong here and there. 
So I need to just continue to work on that, but I am going to sort of put that more in the like, review this every day, review the first chapter, like once a week, review the first 10 verses of chapter two, now add to that. And so I'm going to be adding a little bit to that this week. And then, you know, like I said, just sort of firming that up. So I am going to sort of memorization. I didn't do nearly as much as I wanted to over the last couple of weeks, but Mm -hmm. I still made some progress, um, which I'm counting as a bit of a win. Um, As far as reading, uh, I've read some of John Murray's uh, Principles of Conduct, which is, I've, I've talked a little bit about. It's very good. It's very meaty. Like, uh, I'm, I haven't gotten super far. I'm working through, it's like the third or fourth chapter at this point, uh, on just the ethics of biblical labor. Uh, okay. like, you know, and he talks about how, uh, labor, like work is actually a good thing, et cetera, et cetera. It's, mm-hmm. And a lot of it at this point in time, I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of technical, um, there's some Greek in there that like he uses the actual Greek words. And I'm just like, I don't know what that means, but I'm looking at symbols and I'm like, nah. so it kind of makes me want to learn Greek a little bit, at least enough nice. to read some of that stuff, but not a hundred percent there yet. <laughs> and I might just like, just like, what, what is this word? Um, they might just go to my pastor and be like this one. What's that? What's that mean? Uh, like, anyways, um, I know I know a little bit of Greek, but not a ton, like a very tiny amount. Nice. And yeah, like I said, the deacon, and I just don't have enough good things to say about that. Really, uh, I really when I when I was nominated for the office, and as I've been going through the training and sort of considering whether or not to accept or decline the nomination. Uh, I really just wanted to be able to sit under the weight of what it would mean to be a deacon and sort of sit with a clear conscience under all that and you know, and to, to, to execute that office well for the sake of my church. Uh, and that book absolutely crushed me. And, it, you know, and just like the five or six chapters that I've read, it has sort of challenged me and forced me to think about things. It, it's good. It's very, it's very good. Um, nice. So yeah, that's all my my backlog report stuff. <laughs> Let's get into this. Okay. So I am not joking about actually preferring the new girl uh, over the office, but the whole sort of comedic twist. It's like my M Night Shamwow move <laughs> is. Uh, the the twist is we're going to be talking about disagreeing agreeably. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, you know there are things that we actually don't agree on besides it's Breath true. of the Wild. It's true. And The Office. Well, now it seems like we are agreeing more and more about Breath of the Wild every day. Mm. So, that's good. Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll come around.
So, short version here is I'm a Presbyterian, and with all of what that entails, Mm -hmm. you're a Baptist. Mm -hmm. I tend to be a bit of a Sony fanboy. You are a Nintendo kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mean that derogatorily. Like no, I, that's fine. I prefer the new girl. You like the office. Um, we have differences and we have differences of opinion on, on these things. And it doesn't mean like, you know, that we don't have common ground. Um, but we do have disagreements, but somehow Josh, uh, we still manage to be friends. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand it by, from all sort of like perspectives and everything that I'm seeing on social media, if you and I have a different opinion about something, we should be at each other's throats wanting to, I don't know, burn down each other's homes and, and stuff and acting all crazy. And, and we, we actually picked this one a while ago and then we bumped it back just because we wanted to put, do something else. And sort of like in, in given all the sort of like the political climb stuff and uh, with all the freak out about President Trump and the impeachment process, and I'm not I'm not going to go down that road. What I'm going to <laughs> what I what I am going to say there is if you are the type of individual who who wants to actively shame and hate somebody because they possess a different opinion than you. I'm saying, yes, there may be some disgusting people who support President Trump, and there are some disgusting people who hate President Trump, okay? Let's let's be really candid about that. Mm-hmm. There are disgusting individuals on both sides of that line. Yeah. All right? And you, like, if you cannot, if you will not see the humanity in people across the other side of that line... You should probably stop listening to this podcast because I will not be friendly <laughs> like to that perspective. Like I th- especially as Christians, I think you know there's a difference between saying this thing is wrong and I need to take a stand and the the amount of vitriol that I see at times. So, and and again, we're not going to get into the political stuff. But yeah. what I am saying is like, you know, Josh, you, you were a member of the pub, the reform mm-hmm. pub of days, days gone by. It's still fairly active. It's got like something like 25,000 members or something stupid now. Oh, wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's, that's entirely too many people in my opinion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking about that IT crowd line. Um, <laughs> yep. There uh, you go. But. Yep. I think like the the reason that this makes sense is one we we sort of wanted to talk about some of the distinctives, and I don't think we need to do like a broad defense of our position. One because it's getting late, <laughs> and uh, but two because there are much better resources for my position. I, I don't feel mm-hmm. entirely qualified to defend every nuance. Like I can't. This is not a debate. This is right. not. This is just sort of two guys who love Jesus, like video games, and trying to just sort of have a conversation about some stuff. Um, so I'm a Presbyterian. You're a Reformed Baptist, you know, and there are differences between what we believe. Yeah. I believe that the covenant and therefore the sign and seal of the covenant or the sign of the covenant, baptism, should be extended 
to the children of believing families. And I don't think that mode is nearly as important as you do as a Baptist. I also, just the way that the Presbyterian church does uh, church, church structure, church polity, and to a limited extent, our ecclesiology is very different than the Baptist congregational model. Mm-hmm. So what makes this possible, I guess, is sort of the question. Like, how can, and like, the the thing is, I, I will say this, you, sin- you believe that I am sincerely wrong on my positions, and I believe that you are sincerely wrong on your positions. But we can still be friends, and we can still have fellowship in Christ. So what, why? Like, what are some of the things that you think make our friendship and just am i making sense here like yes. I'm, I'm kind of, i feel like no like, totally so i'm gonna turn this over to you for a little bit and i want to hear sort of some of your input and thoughts here yeah so uh i'll just latch on to something that you just said i think you chose your words very well um when you said that being sincerely wrong i think that's kind of the key to it is that um, you do, like we both understand that we are sincere, Um, especially in issues like this where it is, there are issues of biblical interpretation um, that have been debated for, you know, hundreds of years. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not a, um, it's not a heresy. First of all, it's not something that falls into, you know, the, an essential for Christians to believe, um, though it is certainly, um, we do prioritize these things pretty highly. Um, it's not, it's not essential. So neither of us believe that we're, you know, outside of the faith for believing different things about, you know, where the differences between Presbyterianism and, and Baptist, um, just theology in general. Uh, so, so I do think it's key to recognize that these are beliefs that we both, the, the issue is our interpretation of scripture. It's not a, an issue of, you know, saying that, well, scripture is wrong here, you know, or something like that, or, mm-hmm. or an issue of just tradition trumping scripture or, um, I know I keep talking about scripture, but that's kind of like where we learn about these things. So that's why I keep going back to it. Um, but understanding that like, uh, that, that this is something that we both believe that scripture talks about and it's done in a manner, um, that we have like actually studied and not that, not that I would, you know, like fault anyone necessarily or say that I can't, you know, that, that I can't hold, you know, be good friends with someone who hasn't studied this out. No, that's fine. Um, just that these, the the positions that we hold to are, um, deeply rooted. They are, they are convictions based on scripture, if that makes sense. And now Mm -hmm. I feel like I keep repeating myself. Um, so, so that was the first thing that, that just caught my attention when you said it's, it, it is a, coming from a place of sincerity. Um, I think the other thing, you know, just, just being, um, adult enough, I'm trying to think of the right word to recognize, um, that we, 
can come to different conclusions on issues that are not uh, that again that are not essential um and we're also okay you know on this podcast going away from kind of uh the issues of presbyterianism and and baptist for just a second like you know we were ribbing each other earlier about tv shows um mm-hmm. we talk about breath of the wild and we give each other grief about you know certain aspects of that too like it's okay <laughs> to i don't know that's i feel like that's just a thing that grown up people do and and i'd say particularly guys do is like we can poke fun at each other and that's okay like it's done in love um it's it's done out of fun it's not mean spirited if that makes sense mm-hmm. um and i i feel like that's a lot of what you get kind of online and sort of why we chose this topic as well yes um certainly and i don't mean to sidestep it um is the the issues of you know church and theology and things like that there's that but also within um the larger gaming sphere um there's a lot of this as well um where Mm -hmm. one side is demonized for something in particular Okay, something that just recently happened this weekend is there's a black hole in Fortnite, and so you're unable (laughs) to play Fortnite. The reason middle schoolers across the country are shrieking exactly, and the reason that I bring that up is because uh, lots of people have visceral reactions when you mention Fortnite. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the death of game. You know, it's it's this terrible game because kids enjoy it. In in and you know whatever. I've never played Fortnite, so. You know, and I, I frankly don't care what you think, but what I bring that up just to say that like we can be, we as gamers, as a gaming community, I, if you don't mind me using that term, um, we can be pretty vitriolic is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it can be, it can even be from, you know, from take whatever bent you want. Um, it can come from social justice warriors as well. Um, that this video game was not political enough or this video game was too political or, you know, you know, there are problematic things in, in, in these different games and whatever. Um, but what we're here to kind of talk about is how you can approach someone who disagrees with you and whatever the spectrum of importance that the issue may be and uh, recognize that, Hey, we can have differences of opinion and that ought to cause us to have conversations about that. Like, why do we, why do we feel the different ways? Another thing we talk about a lot on this podcast is self-reflection Right. And really kind of digging into some of the best things that our hobby has to offer with video games. And so I think being able to have a conversation and being able to articulate what it is we do and don't like about certain games, about certain experiences is a good thing. And to be able to temper that, um, to to be able to express that in such a way that is not vitriolic, I think shows maturity as well. Um, because even though, you know, yeah, we can just disagree about, 
mm-hmm. how good a game is <laughs> without uh, being at each other's throats or even necessarily attempting to um, get the other person, the other side to even agree with us, but expressing our, our viewpoint and being able to make a cogent argument uh, is is a good thing because it does um, spark that kind of self assessment, if that makes sense. Yeah. So those are a couple thoughts that I had. So there's a a quote, and I think it's typically, um, yes, it's attributed to Augustine, but uh, hmm. and I I only know this because Ligonier Ligonier told me Ligonier dot org. I looked it up, but there's a quote. I'm going to throw out here in essentials, unity in non-essentials, liberty in all things, charity. Um, and that actually comes from an otherwise undistinguished German Lutheran theologian of the early 17th century, Rupertus Meldenius. Hmm. Huh. That is not a very German name in my opinion. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> I think there's a couple things here. So that there's your sound, your quote of the day, people, the little, I, I said I want to try to bring some of that. And there will be mm. some scripture that I will reference as well. Um, and then we, we, we did get some, some I almost said customer comments, jeepers, <laughs> listener, listener group member sort of commentary. Um, and so I, I wanted to cover some of that as well. Mm-hmm. I The one thing I sort of want in and um, is it's, I think that one of the biggest things that we're seeing, especially, and I, I mentioned like a sort of our political climate and everything is there is a total lack of humility. Yeah. Um, in a lot of these conversations, uh, especially in the more vitriolic conversations surrounding like sort of preferred consoles and things like that. Uh, even in sort of a lot of the, so the pub used to have what they, the, the baptism debates, Mm-hmm. where the paydos and the credos would sort of go at each other. And some of those got pretty ugly. And I think even mm-hmm. for a while, it was like, uh, they just said, uh, we're not, we're not dealing with, I don't know what their policy is anymore, but, um, and again, this is not a debate. I'm not seeking to, to change Josh's mind. Although anytime he wants to become a Presbyterian, I would be glad to have him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a joke people. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> But it's, I think the first, and, and I know that some of the, the, the comments we got sort of alluded to this are basic, but it, we need to be rooted in humility. One, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to say this as like, I'm going to address myself and then I'm going to address anybody, everybody else. I am not nearly as smart as I think I am most of the time. And that, and if that applies to just about everybody, um, and if you possess any sort of knowledge or insight or wisdom or discernment you possess that because god has been gracious to you and who are you and 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 this applies to me and i'm not not assaulting josh here i'm i'm addressing um any pugnacious young men or women who want to take umbrage with what i'm about to say who are you to beat your brothers and sisters over the head with what you did not possess by merit, but was rather given to you. That Mm -hmm. gift of wisdom, that gift of insight, that gift of discernment that you did nothing to contribute to 
was given to you to serve and edify the body, not make you feel better about yourself, not make mm. you feel smarter than everybody else. And so I'm just like, I'm going to sort of lay this out there, repent. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying like, man, like it has to start with humility. You have to understand, you have to, you, you have to, I have to, this is something I have to come back to time and time again. I think about, you know, we, we sort of brought up video games. I don't know if I've ever told the story about, uh, it was my early days in TRG. It was, it was early on in TRG's life cycle, you know, um, and uh, I was just sort of being, I was sort of like the proto Jesse Knopp. Um, <laughs> like, uh, Jesse, if you're listening to this, I used to troll real hard. Um, and and everybody sort of knows my, my sort of like feelings on Final Fantasy VII. And most of that is I'm a jaded Final Fantasy VI and Final Fantasy IX fan who feels like seven gets all the is, is seven is the beloved child where I'm like six and nine are so much better. They're better students. They're just better. <laughs> Why does everybody like seven? Seven is the popular one. And so I don't like it. Um, yeah. But I, I, I made a, a dumb comment about how just like being a troll, a trolley jerk about how seven was trash. And, um, I remember people were arguing with me and at one point in time I got really incensed because no one was like, yeah. And one, I was being a troll. Um, mm -hmm. so obviously they shouldn't have been taking me seriously, but the other side of that, I was really <laughs> angry because no one, like people were arguing with me over my opinion and like, they're like, you're wrong. And I'm like, am I though? And uh, I, I start getting like a little indignant. And, and some of that was because I had attached entirely too much of like my ego into that statement. I was too attached to being right versus just, and, and that, that is the dumbest thing in the world to get upset over. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I'm going to go on record. I don't care. I, you know what, it doesn't really matter all that like long-term in eternal scope. That is the dumbest thing for me to base any of my value on. <laughs> like the, the fact that I let it consume me for the hour or two that it did or whatever. Like when people are like, you're wrong and you just don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, I was like, I know what I'm talking about. I've been playing video games since I was seven years old and you're just an idiot and a cretin and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and I didn't actually type all of that, but you know, that's sort of like my internal, that's me making fun of my internal monologue. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I look back at that and I'm like, that is singularly one of the dumbest things I have ever gotten upset about <laughs> like seriously and so what i would say is that i think and again i come back to this and like if i had had a shred of the humility that i think i might possess by the grace of god mind you not because but because he is working in me and growing me and changing me i would have just laughed those comments off i would i probably wouldn't have even posted the stupid <laughs> the stupid thing yeah you, you, you know um so that's that's sort of like I, I i wanted to hit that one pretty hard because yeah i think for me the the foundation of this is like one humility doesn't even necessarily always say that i think i'm wrong or it's not even necessarily saying i could be wrong it's some saying 
in some ways too, I think it is just sort of like, I'm going to assume the best of this other person. Yeah. Like humility does not say that I have a, a full humility does not allow us to possess or make claim to not, not possess per se, but lay claim to a perfect knowledge and understanding of the situation. And humility says like, "Eh, I, I don't know everything. And so I'm not, I'm not willing to like, and again, it, it comes back to like, for me, there's no, and I bring that up because for me as a Presbyterian and as the convictions I hold, there's no doubt that my position is the right one here. Like, I'm not like wavering over it. Mm-hmm. I'm confident in that. I rest easy in that. And I'm going to assume Josh rests easy in his. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, but like, I think the other thing too is sort of saying like, um, so going back to in essentials, okay, unity. So let's, uh, I just want to break this down for a second. Doctrine or, or the, the, the practical outworkings of baptism and the doctrine of baptism. Neither one of us holds to a view that breaks with the essentials. Both of our views fall within orthodoxy. It's mm-hmm. not, we don't hold to baptismal regeneration. We don't hold to a lot of like the goofy, weird stuff that can get sort of thrown in with baptism. Mm-hmm. It is an essential issue in non-essentials, liberty, and all things charity. That's sort of where I, I wanted to start some of that conversation and literally saying like, I think one of the biggest things people need to learn and, and understand is humility. Like mm-hmm. understanding that... um you know, regardless of what position, I th- I think like like I said, I think that this can just if we would all just sort of back off and remove our egos from some of this stuff, like we you know, and again, sort of referencing the political climate stuff, like I see people going at each other's throats all the time. Yeah, and I'm like, well, and and I just want to like as an outside observer, I I tend to sort of just avoid that stuff like the plague. I do not interject myself into any of those conversations or tweet threads or any of that uh, because it's frankly it's a waste of time. Yeah, uh, you know the the only thing that's going to happen there is I'm going to get angry because people are yelling at me that know nothing about me because mm-hmm. I I'm going to say something that's going to anger somebody. But it's like. Yeah, I just see both. Like sometimes, sometimes I'm reading some of this stuff, and I'm like, "You're both wrong," and neither one of you wants to just be the adult here and say, "Yeah, I can, I can see you have your reasons. I may not agree with them, but like this is not the end of the world." No, it, totally. Um, there are a couple things that you just said about humility that I think were, yeah, that kind of wanted to branch off a little bit. Um, First of all, how you talked about that God gives us certain gifts to use within the body. Now, obviously, we use that, we think of like gifts within the church, and that is certainly applicable. Yes, 100%. But also, um, you know, how Paul talks about I become all things to all people so that I might win all people. Uh, like, I think this concept is so, um, well, I don't think it's understood outside of within the church, but especially like in American culture that is very individualistic. Um, Mm -hmm. The idea that 
we are blessed in order to bless others um mm-hmm. is is not i i feel like it's that's not where our mind first goes you know when we when we receive a blessing we're like oh this is awesome now i get to enjoy this blessing right and not that you don't get to enjoy your blessings but that that is also an opportunity for you to share that blessing with others and be mm-hmm. a blessing to others so in the context of um of disagreeing with other people how you talked about like you coming to a certain conclusion and like understanding that other people haven't come to that conclusion or viewing it in such a way that like you have been blessed with this knowledge, with this understanding. So you're able to share it with others, not ram it down other people's throats, Mm -hmm. not like Lord over them because you, you know, are so much smarter and more understanding than that person. But to help someone see something that they might not already know. Um, and I guess that just goes hand in hand with having that humility in how you communicate with people as well. Um, I think that's key is, is understanding like uh, that. Yes, you are that the things that you've been blessed with, you are to use to bless others. Also that you're not, you're not the savior. <laughs> like you're not gonna um, mm-hmm. change every single person's mind with your amazing intellect and uh, your elocution. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, that's we're just not that smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the other side of that, um, and you alluded to it as well, is that humility doesn't mean that you don't have convictions. Right. Um, Like you said, I do believe that the things that I believe are true. I am convinced in the things that I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I would say if you are unconvinced, then you should not believe those things. Does that make sense? Like, and that's, I don't think it's arrogant to say I am convinced of X, Y, Z. Um, that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. You know, we, we live in a, um, a postmodern culture where that, that seems like an arrogant thing to say. No, like be sure of what you believe, <laughs> especially I, the I things mean, you base your life on. What were you going to say? I, there's a conversation that I'm sort of having with, and there's several individuals involved about Sabbath and Sabbath practices and observances mm-hmm. and things like that. And my biggest thing there is like, listen, uh, the 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 biggest bit of counsel that I've offered there is like I hold my personal convictions. I will not put anybody else's feet to the fire on those issues. Mm-hmm. But I will encourage anybody who I like. I'm like read books on it, read the scriptures, think through this, pray through this, ask for understanding. Like, yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, totally. I think like it's one of those issues where. I'm convinced in my position and and, and I'm comfortable in my conviction and my conscience is clear on the positions that I hold in regards to how I observe the Lord's day. Mm -hmm. You need to do this likewise. And that in in the sense that you need to figure out what you believe there. That is a big enough question that you need to wrestle with it 
and really wrestle with it. Do like the hard work and say, no, there's some, you know, and I, I think, because I think some people are just like, well, I like this thing and this is how I'm going to observe X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, eh, who cares what you like, you know, <laughs> submit yourself to scripture. I mean, like we're, we're reformed part. One of the five pillars of the reformation is sola scriptura. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, we believe that God's word you know, I'm going to sort of like paraphrase the confession, gives us everything that we need to know about God, how to receive salvation, and how we should live. And, and this is just the the one thing and sort of going to the, the uh, looking at the Sabbath. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to say one of the things that convinced me to really re-examine my Sabbath position and my position on observance of the Sabbath is the fact that it's the fourth command. Mm-hmm. It's not... It, it was not tied to ceremonial law. It is part of the moral imperative that God lays out. It is a way that we love God and love our neighbor. And I'm like, man, there's something there for me that I had to really wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect everybody else to sort of land in the same place as me. Like sometimes there are just personal convictions. Like there are certain things that I will not do, even though I know that I have liberty to do them. Yeah. There's some, you, you know, and so, but it, it's all rooted in humility. And what that really, in, in a lot of ways, means is removing myself and how I feel about an issue. And I recognize that how I feel and what I think about an issue is not the most important thing. And so, um, you know, there there are some scriptures, and and I'll bring up some of some of that too. There was a, a comment in particular where uh, an individual, and I forget his name. I'll I'll look it up when we read through the comment. But he mentioned Romans fourteen, and I was like, that's a great one. Like mm-hmm. that, read the whole read that whole chapter. Um, but I think too, I think of uh, Paul's uh, Paul when he writes to the Corinthians about you know not eating meat, dealing with the weaker brother. Yeah. Don't always assume that you're the stronger brother. Um, you know, I think that the the position of humility at times makes us at least should ask. We should be willing to ask ourselves: Am I being the weaker brother here? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking James, where it says, "Be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen." Mm-hmm. All three of those things require humility, and I am not. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I am good at any of those. Being slow to speak, I don't always have to open my mouth. I don't always have to have the last word. I don't always have to add my two cents. Now, this is our podcast, so obviously I get to have some words. <laughs> um, but um, being slow to anger, and again, like I've I've made no bones about the fact that I've wrestled with anger. It, it is sort of one of the sins that I sort of wrestle with the most often. I don't know if that that phrasing made sense. I it, it yeah. is a sin that has been is a sin pattern that has established itself in my life, and then I have to come back and and sort of put to death and repent. You know, embracing that Lutheran, the Christian life is one of constant and daily repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, and being quick to listen, being quick to listen is probably the hardest out of those three, in my opinion, uh, in the sense that. Especially in today's day and age with social media and everything else, like man, it is so easy to get my stuff out there. Uh, I posted that picture today, and there was a point where I was like, I like, like just like I doodle. I'm an art school dropout, like, and I did a picture, and I actually think it's pretty good. But 
That's not the point. The point is I was like paying entirely too much attention to it. And I was like, why are more people liking this? And I was like finding validation in this. And it was like, mm. and I like, sort of like, and where that comes is like, I was too concerned about being heard and not hearing. And it's, it's, this is a, it's a okay. bad sort of comparison, but it's like, you know, it's like, I wanted people to, to acknowledge me and versus just sort of hearing. And so, uh, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was consumed with me and that's like, yeah. I'm, I'm saying like, this is like an example right here, right now that I can be like, no, like it was like for 30 seconds. It wasn't like, I was like, I was like, oh, did somebody new like it? I hope somebody, you know, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's, that's like so dumb and banal and childish and silly. And, um, but it's like, that's the kind of thing that we need to just kill. Mm-hmm. Like that, like I'm important. I matter, blah, 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 blah. One of the things I would say that humility takes into account too is that that person that you're having a disagreement with, okay, even if they are 100% wrong, and I will say this, like, I think you and I both sort of agree. I, we haven't like formally discussed this, but we, mm. we both believe that abortion is murder. Yeah. Um, and that, women who abort their children are murdering their children. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to be harsh here. I think sometimes what I've seen is that when we see people who are engaging in heinous, that is, that is a wicked and vile thing. And we need to call it exactly what it is. But we also need to remember that the person, like if, if I was having a conversation with a woman who had, who was pro abortion I think one of the things like it would be very hard for me to keep my cool because there's a part of me. It's like, why don't you just get this? This is a vile, wicked thing. And I mm-hmm. think to a certain extent that they probably do. We're, we're talking about all sorts of weird hotline <laughs> topic stuff, man. Um, and, and I guess I'm just trying to like, sort of like hammer on these points, but she is an image bearer just as much as I am. She mm-hmm. is, she is created Imago Dei. So she has dignity and value that is inherent to her and was given to her by God. And so I need to acknowledge that. And every single human being who has ever been born is worthy of your respect simply for that merit. Now, that doesn't mean we have to agree with them. It doesn't mean we have to give concessions or, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're, they're like, but they deserve respect and common courtesy based on the very fact that they are a Mago Day. And that's mm-hmm. something that only, and this is what I will say for all the precept boys and girls out there, that that is one of the beautiful things about having a biblical worldview is that we believe that every human being is worthy of respect and dignity by the very fact that they are, are, are human, that they are a Mago Dei, that they have inherent value, not because they're something special, but because they are image bearers. Yeah. Because God, as, as the source of value, has looked at them and said, they have value. And it doesn't matter if they agree with you or not, they have value they have dignity that is not contingent on any other thing aside from the fact that God made them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting like a little preachy and ranty here, and I, I don't want to do that. But 
these are like some of the things that I've been thinking on yeah. for the last couple of weeks. So I hope, I hope I'm not being too scattered here, but I just wanted to say like, I think one of the biggest things is that, and two, we do need to consider the fact that like our, our gifts, you know, Hebrews tells up to provoke each other into good works. Yeah. Our, our gifts. And so, and a lot of times that means our words and our actions. Okay. Because those are outworkings of the different gifts that God has given us. Those are means for us to employ and use those gifts that God has given us. They are meant to encourage and build up and challenge and provoke in the, the good way, not in a trollish sort of, I'm going to push your button to get you mad way, yeah. but provoke that person to want to do better, to chase after God, to like, and, and just even there's so many, like, I've been thinking about Christian conduct and just the way we live our lives, mostly because okay. those are issues that I'm wrestling with and just sort of thinking through. And I'm like, man, like the, the, the calls to be a city on a hill, to be salt and light, like these things, like we are supposed to live lives that provoke people to look to God. Like, do we really believe, okay, with our lives and with our words and with our actions in soli deo gloria? Do we really believe, or is that something that we just tag on the end of something and say, I'm going to play video games for the glory of God, or I'm going to do this for the glory of God? Or, and, and I'm not trying to get all like David Platt, Francis Chan, like I need to sell everything and live in a van down by the river <laughs> so I can probably, like, I'm like, no, like I'm, I'm much more of an ordinary, like live quietly, live humbly, pray for your leaders. Um, you know, there, there's, I, I can't remember the address or the reference, but Paul says like, Pray for your leadership. Hope mm-hmm. that you have good and, and wise rulers so that you can live quietly and be a good neighbor mm-hmm. and, and demonstrate God's goodness to, to, to the people around you through your life, but in a quiet and humble way. And again, mm-hmm. it's just sort of like when we talk about this stuff, like, and, and I guess sort of what I'm saying is like, one of the reasons, now, the other thing I would point out is, say, humility is is a big part of this, but I think one of the other things, too, is that, and I, I sort of started to hit on this in, in Imago Day, but aside from being like image bearers and that you are worthy of dignity just because you are an image bearer, because God has said, this, this is a person, this is a human, they have dignity and worth and value because I made them and I made them in my image, especially among Christians, okay? We we have a further bond that should really like help us to pump the brakes. And now this this is sort of sort of not shifting the course here, but we are family in Christ. Mm-hmm. So every time somebody gets on a, on a keyboard and wants to be nasty about credos or pedos and they want to sort of misrepresent the position and they want to be a mm-hmm. butthead and they want to misrepresent or slander the people you know there are certain people on on social media that i would fight um <laughs> not because one well some one because i lack the necessary humility to engage them properly um two because i get angry at the way that i see them disrespecting a blood-bought sinner, a regenerate human being, like Christ died for that person. That is your brother. And who are you 
and, and I'm not addressing you, Josh, or even anyone in particular, yeah. but who are you to look at this person and slander them? You dog. You do not understand the gravity of your sinfulness, of your wickedness. Like, and so that's sort of like the other, like the, the sort of the, the two prongs that I really wanted to hit is that like one, you know, we, we need humility because, and we need to extend dignity to all people because they're a Mongo day, but further, especially within Christian communities, that is your brother. That is some, or, or sister, that is someone that Christ died for. And when you slander them or when you sort of disrespect them in that way, you are making light of the severity of what that cost Jesus on the cross. Am I, am I, do you think I'm, I'm, I'm going too far or I don't know. Those are just some of my thoughts, I guess. Yeah, no, there's certainly there's certainly a, a, a part of that. Yeah, you, you forget who it is that you're talking to. You forget, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I mean, like, like you talked about the Imago Day, and I, I put that down in my notes as well, and I think, uh, I, I think actually I did kind of a disservice of talking about it without going into that first, is that just understanding the value of, whoever it is that you're talking to simply because they are made in the image of God as yeah, as Christians, this is, I mean, this is something that we believe it comes with the whole package, right? (laughs) Is that we are made in the image of God. And um, so that does, that says something about that person that you're talking to, regardless of the way that we naturally feel when we're up against an opponent, right? We, we mm-hmm. like to dehumanize people. We like yeah. to just scatter ad hominem attacks um, instead of actually addressing the issue. You know, we like to slander people. We like to uh, paint our opponents in the worst possible light uh, just so that we can be right. And that is, is unbecoming of a Christian. That is, I, I would say that's sinful. Um, mm-hmm. There are elements of sin in that type of an attitude to different degrees um, when you don't recognize that they are made in the image of God and they do, as you said, have value and worth um, simply because they're made in the image of God. So yeah, I think that's that's foundational just in the way that we talk to each other, the way that we relate with other people and then kind of the other stuff that we've talked about, how we are our calling is to bless people. Our calling is to... Uh, show them the gospel and the gospel is grace <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh yes no don't get me wrong there the gospel is also law but then the fulfillment of the law through grace um mm-hmm. so yeah you know we, you talked about um a couple verses thrown out there i'll throw one out um is I believe it's Philippians. Yeah, Philippians two three says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, mm. but in humility." Eh, there you go. Eh, count eh. others more significant than yourselves. I mean, like this just screams at me. Um, a lot of other like the idea of dying daily to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because. If I'm honest, that is the exact opposite thing of what I want to do. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Paul is saying, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Oh, well, I mean, like that's 
that is where my mind goes is selfishness. You know, like I wake up in the morning and I start thinking about myself. Like, what do I need to do? Well, I need to brush my teeth. Well, I need to make some coffee, you know, like these things that are going to benefit me. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the exact, you know, there's that. And then in humility, <laughs> so cut yourself down a couple pegs, count others more significant than yourself. Oh, that's not something that comes naturally. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and, I mean, may, may, maybe, maybe not for everybody else, but for me, that's, that's not a problem. <laughs> well, awesome. Again, being facetious. <laughs> I'm I'm being a yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so th- th- things like this that that talk about how this definitely relates to how we talk to others how we interact with others um and yes like there are how do I put this there is nuance um in different realms of you know like addressing people like you talked about we we have this podcast so we are going to say things we're going to step on some toes we're going to say things that maybe we wouldn't say to people face to face because that's a different context but like this is this is our podcast and we are you know laying it all out there if it makes sense we could say stupid stuff that we'll regret later and i'm not saying that that's right but i'm just saying that that kind of happens i mean i i do that pretty much every couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and if it, not to, to go without saying what you talked about, um, you know, when we mentioned psychonauts earlier and how our, like, we don't think we gave it a completely fair shake. I agree with that. So like, even in the past two weeks, you know, we're already not necessarily regretting what we did two weeks ago, but it's like, yeah, that could have been better. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. Uh, like, d- don't get me wrong. You know, I fumble over my words all the time and, and there's things that I certainly think that I can do better. Um, but it, so what I was saying is like, yeah, there's nuance. You address people differently in different situations. Um, but I think having that initial uh, outlook of, this person is made in the image of God. I am to consider them more significant than myself. That mm-hmm. goes a long way in informing how you ought to proceed with the way that you disagree. Um, because, and I mean, certainly it depends on what you're disagreeing about. Like, yeah, if it comes to video games, like, we can have fun conversation. I mean, this podcast is about like some of the best things that the medium has to offer and it will disagree with all kinds of different people. That's okay. Um, But at the end of the day, it is not an issue where we are convicted that someone is in sin. You know, it's not an issue. So I, I get that there are varying degrees um, when we see other Christians who are doing things in their life that we believe to be dishonoring to God. Like, yeah, as as you said, we're a family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be able to um, approach them about it. And we have the duty to approach them and talk to them about what we see in their life. Um, you know, to varying degrees. I'm not saying everyone on Twitter who's doing something that you disagree with. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying specifically, I'd say that's in the context of the local church body. Um, 
But yes, there is that element as well. But also, Scripture prescribes how you're to do that. It's not supposed to be a public thing either. So Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, yes, there is nuance. But at the core of it, humility and considering other people more significant and recognizing that they're made in the image of God will go a long way to informing how you are to to continue the conversation and how you're to disagree. Um, not so not out of selfish ambition or conceit, you know, so that you're heard and so that they'll freaking understand how wrong they are and how right you are, you know, and you will be vindicated if you just continue typing another paragraph. <laughs> um but out of a sense of really attempting to bless someone else. And and what does that mean? Yeah, it can look differently in different situations. Um, but the core of it is we want to bring honor and glory to God, not to our ego. Yeah. I think too, like, you know, the, the end of the day is like, there's a difference between sort of like, okay, like disagreeing. And we're, we're talking about disagreeing and and being sort of agreeable in that disagreement there, mm-hmm. it is okay to say like hey you know what we're di- like that phrase we're just gonna have to agree to disagree mm-hmm. we're, we're sort of acknowledging that this is not worthy of breaking fellowship or friendship over yeah. like you know there are some things that we we cannot sort of in good con like like open heresy like we can't just be like, oh well, let's agree to disagree. It's like, uh, no, you're wrong here. I mm-hmm. love you, and I would just sort of say like, you you cannot back down. You cannot just sort of say let's agree to disagree. You can sort of say like, hey, I think you're wrong, and that's the end of the story for me. Like, and then what you do is you pray for that person. Mm-hmm. You, you you turn it over to God because like you you know we sort of talked about like you're not going to. Uh, we aren't going to convince people like we might be the tools in the, well, excuse me, hand of the one who judges and changes and shapes souls. And that's, that's on him. That's on the Lord. So, you know, in those situations, I would just say like, you know, sometimes there are things that you, you can't get past and you can't just sort of be like, Oh, Hey, let's agree to it. No, sometimes you just say like, ah, uh, you know, and and be peaceable in it as yeah. much as you can. Like I, I, I forget. It's like there's a passage that says, "In as much as you can, live at peace with everyone." Yeah, it's, that's not saying that like you're going to be able to be at peace with everyone. That's saying right. it, as much as it's on you, be a peacemaker. Like be peaceable, mm-hmm. be be gentle, be self controlled, be lowly in spirit, like like our Lord and Savior who considered it nothing to make himself a servant of men. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, yeah. Um, so that, that makes my soul, my whole final fantasy seven thing look really silly. <laughs> and that makes any sort of like silly fanboyism look really silly. Unless you're an Xbox fan and then you're just a heathen and you need to repent. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting too, though. Like thinking about some of the verses like that, and and talking about your conduct and how. Um, now, I 
you know, I believe that scripture is inspired by God, like it is breathed out by God. Don't get, I'm not going against Second that. Timothy 3, 16, 17, yes. boy. Good stuff. Um, but how like the human actors, okay, that I'll say who, who wrote that didn't, were not taking into account uh, social media interactions, you know, behind a keyboard. Again, I understand God himself for sees these things like yeah. i'm not i'm not going against that but i'm saying like the way that we interact net today in 2019 is pretty um complicated i guess it's it's not it's not specifically addressed in scripture and so you do have to be careful you know like the things that you type on a screen are for thousands potentially millions of people to see um, whereas that's not necessarily what was specifically being addressed in these in the these verses. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Am I borderline no, I mean, heresy? You're, you're here? talking about like <laughs> no, you're talking about like sort of like the way that I would categorize is like the intent or the spirit of the law versus the letter. Like a lot of people are like, well, I'm not saying this. No, but you're typing it stupid. Like, <laughs> come on, like it's like, you know, it's like the it's like when you watch a five-year-old or a small child, like, you, you know, it's like you say, hey, don't do this thing. And so they, they're like, you're like, hey, stop touching your sister. And it's like, well, I'm not touching my sister. I'm touching, I'm touching her shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> you, you know, and it's just like, you just want to like, I'm, I'm sure that like, and, and I was a huge um, provocateur in this mm-hmm. this way. I don't know if I'm using that word the right way, but like I would provoke I'm pretty sure, like, my father probably almost killed me several times. <laughs> um, it's like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. And it's like, and that was something that my dad would say to me often growing up. Like, I want you to obey the spirit of the law, not the letter of it. Mm. And so, like, it's like, you know what I mean. And and I think a lot of times people, like, when we look at that, like, people are like, well, there's no explicit whatever in scripture. And I'm like, let your conduct be gracious, generous, gentle, self-control, like, you know, the fruit of the spirit, like, you know, I shouldn't have to, I think in a lot of ways we, we want to sort of like get very pharisaical, like on mm-hmm. this, well, this is, and there, there was something, I think there was a time for public address, like public sin requires public rebuke. So yeah. if somebody tweets or says something in a forum that it, like there's there's a girl I'm not going to mention her name she she actually lives in Pittsburgh she's a f- freaking heretic and okay. then she's like one of those people that when like people um and she's she's got a fairly large platform on social media but she's like one of those types that when she gets any any pushback she just blocks the person okay. and like you know but she's it's one of those types when like if I cared enough to actually try and correct her and I don't because I don't know her. And frankly, I think I might be blocked anyways um, <laughs> on, you know, but she'll tweet some, some banal asinine junk mm-hmm. and then people lose their minds over. It. I'm like, well, what do you expect from her? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, and then people are like flying off the handle and I'm like, listen, we we can call that heresy 
And we can look at her and say, she's a heretic, don't listen to her. But it doesn't mitigate or diminish the responsibility of the Christian individuals. And I'm speaking specifically to Christians because, you know, as as those who have been shown much grace, we are required to be much more like gracious with the rest of them. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to be a spazzy buttholery jerk. <laughs> I, I use that word wrong, but like <laughs> the, Jeremiah, uh, the the our, our one listener um, used the yeah you know, the the levels of buttholery mm-hmm. on social media mm. are ridiculous. And it's because most people take themselves entirely too serious, and yeah. Anyways, new favorite Jer- word. Thank you, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, oh, we so really good. like that word. So good. Um, <laughs> It's uh, like it's like tomfoolery, but like way better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just enough to where like it sounds like a thirteen-year-old made it up, and like your parents would just roll their eyes instead of instead we of. We uh, love it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that the wrong way. I meant that it was not uttered by a foul-mouthed, you know, twenty-year-old. That's that's all that I meant by a thirteen-year-old. Uh, anyways, I, yeah, love it. <clears throat> it's it's the best. We love it. Um, in just the way that we interact, you know, in 2019, it, it makes me think about something like something like trolling, where um, I am I am fine with a good practical joke. You know, I yeah. enjoy ribbing people and getting ribbed. Uh, you know, with with my friends, like. I, I don't get, don't think that when I say these things, like how you ought to act, that means you can never, you know, say jokes, you know? Um, but I do think there is an interesting element and I'm just going to throw it out there. I, I don't have an answer. There's an interesting element to that with social media because it can be taken so many different ways. Like, because your tone is not communicated and because um, that can so often become um, a, a a battlefield just because you are trolling, and the, and you because what happens is then you get defensive because you're like, bro, I was just playing around, and then they you know bring it up a notch, and then you get offended that they are you know all up in arms about your joke, and so you're like, bro, I was just joking. You're stupid. How could you do? you know? And it just escalates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I'm not I'm not jumping to any conclusions here. I'm just saying these are elements that we ought to be wrestling with. We ought to be thinking through when we make our opinions public in the domains of social media and things like that. Um, I will say straight up, the way that I talk to some of my friends it, it is different. You know, in a closed room with with some of my closest friends the way that I talk to them is going to be different than I would meeting someone for the first time or being in a group of people that I don't know very well. Like I'm just more guarded. Like, you know, I try and Mm -hmm. gauge the audience. And so with something like social media where your audience is potentially um, tons and tons and tons of people that you don't know, we ought to at least be careful with what we say. We ought to at least consider what we say and how it might be taken. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And and I think too, like you, you said, like we need to not be so defensive. I think mm-hmm. you know, sort of this disagreeing and being agreeable in it is we are we are not so closely tied to it. Like we're not so defensive. Like the worst fights that Megan and I have are the ones where we're both sort of on the defensive and we're both sort of like, you know, clinging to I am right mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. need to see this my way. And if it, it, and it's mostly me, people. Like, um, come on, you guys listen to this show, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but it's like that defensiveness. And again, it just sort of comes back to humility, like being yeah. able to sort of disagree with someone and, it, it, you know, and I, I think like the thing is like, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to be like, oh, back in back in the good old days. But I think there's been sort of a level of just like common discourse and common courtesy that's sort of been lost as we've become more and more individualized too. And I think that in a lot of ways, social media does exacerbate this problem mm-hmm. where it's it sort of gives a megaphone to the fool. Mm-hmm. And instead of the megaphone reaching 10 people, it reaches 10,000 people. Yeah, And so, and, and then we all need to realize at, too at times that we are the fool or we can be fools and so it's not just i mean i don't know i just i to me i I, i'm not gonna be like hey we fixed everything including the internet (laughs) yeah it's like but like i I mean like it's to me it's there isn't like a super complicated dialogue i think like in a lot of ways the the it's like uh don't be so self-important so be humble uh don't think that you need to have the last word be humble um <laughs> don't think that nobody has anything worth saying be humble don't think you're the only thing that matters be, you know what i'm saying like yeah. it just keeps coming back to me is like be humble like you know and again like i i don't think humility because and just to sort of like circle back around to this just sort of one last time humility does not mean a lot of things humility doesn't mean you're a doormat humility actually um and i can't remember where i heard this and i'm probably going to misquote this but basically uh, the one of the best working definitions i've ever heard about humility and i think it's exemplified um in the person of our lord and savior jesus christ is power under restraint hmm. um you, you know um I can't remember. I was talking to my pastor, Jared, and he talks about like, you know, sometimes the language used in sort of shaping men is, uh, and we, this is not a word, but that we, we like, but, um, taming, like we, we want men, we, we were like, we want men to be wild. No, we actually want good godly men are tamed, but they are tamed by the master. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think of a horse. Wild horse is powerful. It's dangerous. Like horses are huge. You're in Texas. I'm sure you've, I mean, you probably own like horses. (laughs) Everybody in Texas owns horses, right, Josh? Yeah. In my ranch. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, But horses are big. Several, Mm -hmm. like, I I think like, I I have no idea how much they weigh. I think like half a ton. Mm -hmm. I would just guess. Like, I, I don't know. I, I I've seen horses before that I'm like, I'm pretty sure that thing weighs as much as a car and it's just yeah. meat. It's muscle and bone. And it, there's power. They're, they're also kind of weird looking. And anyways, 
but horses are fine and i don't know where i'm going with <laughs> that part um but a, a horse to really be useful needs to be tamed you don't need to weaken the horse you don't need to lame it you need to tame it you you want that power you know um and that's in a lot of ways that's what we need to do we need to tame ourselves we need to be tamed rather by by the master yeah so and and again it just for me it just it, it really does come back to humility so um we we sort of threw the question out there to our our super rad listeners and i'm pulling stuff up yeah, another perk for being a patron is in our Discord server, we have a patrons only chat mm-hmm. to say. And there's some neat stuff that happens behind the scenes. Like they they get info before everybody else. They actually Micah and Wes actually sort of help us shape some of our content and things that we're gonna be doing. Um It's pretty rad. It, that one I'm very glad to be able to call both of them friends, um, even sure. though I've never met them face to face. I I always enjoy interacting with them uh, too. Like I just love the fact that like you know, it's it's really just neat to get to interact with them in, in that way. So yeah, that's just something you guys are missing out on if you're not patrons. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, and and I'm not trying to push the Patreon. I'm just saying like there if if somebody's on the fence, let that be the bump over you know like hey contribute a little bit get into our secret super secret cool club so <laughs> i posted this and i posted this on several social media platforms and we'll just sort of go through the defense also their comments get priority so just saying That's you want you want to hear yourself get read you got to pay to play kids <laughs> um uh so tonight we're recording and our topic is disagreeing agreeably or agreeably disagreeing, or agreeing to disagree, or not being a butthole. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, we're going to cover baptism and polity slash ecclesiology, which we sort of did. And again, the, the, the topic isn't like, we have differences, and we both hold to those differences, and we still manage to hold great affection um, with each other. Yeah. Like, you know, to me, and again, just if somebody is interested in sort of what I think is a very thorough examination, and I'm just throwing this out as sort of a recommendation, R. Scott Clark on the Heidelcast um, did a series, uh, I will, oh, it's like, I will be your God and your children's God or something like that. But he yeah. basically talks about and, and lays out a tremendous case for him to infant baptism, in my opinion. It was actually one of the things that sort of helped shape me. But moving on. Uh, we might also take on fanboyism again, because it isn't the first time that we've sort of taken shots at fanboys. Uh, and, and when our fanboyism sort of creeps up, I fully expect people to like take shots at me. Yeah. Like when I'm being a bit of a Sony pony, like say, Nate, you're being silly. Um, and and I'm 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 sort of a fair weather fan, so we we can talk about that some other yeah. time. <laughs> um, but uh, I I followed it up with you guys have any thoughts you might want to share on how to be charitable in these situations or just thoughts on the topic in general. And then I said, you know what to do! Exclamation point! Yeah, yata. Um, 
Uh, Micah wrote, as a general rule of thumb, uh, he when he's discussing these opposing opinions is, uh, will what I say hurt my witness or will it hurt someone else? If the answer is yes to either, then I probably should not say it. There's also a strong balance here with also speaking truth and not letting a worthy cause go undefended, so to speak. Ultimately, it's about being wise with your audience and the actual topic at hand and knowing when when to, when to and when not to say something or say something in a certain way. Um, he, he actually brought up the recent Ellen and George Bush, W. Bush thing, um, how people are like crucifying Ellen over the fact that she was like, you know what? And it's like, maybe it's a sort of, we're sitting on the, the side that's sort of like, cause we're both sort of, we, we lean right politically mm-hmm. and is seeing this sort of very liberal woman. She's a, she's a lesbian. She's married to a woman, quote unquote. Um, uh, she's married to a woman. Uh, she's she's living in an open lesbian lifestyle. She was sitting by a very conservative former president at a Dallas Cowboys game. And then I love the, I don't know if you've heard any clips or anything, but she's like, she she addressed this on her show. And she said, when I say be nice to everyone, she's like, I mean that. Not just be nice to the people that are like me and that I like, but be nice to everyone. And I was like, Oh, I just like, I, it was sort of like, I heard that and I was just like, ah, it's like, I bit my hand a little bit. I was like, that is such a savage mic drop Mm -hmm. because, you know, there are some like, you know, we take obvious issue with some of her life choices and Mm -hmm. positions. And right there, I'm like, oh, she's, she's dead on here. Yeah. Like she killed that room. And then people are like freaking out about it. And I'm like, they're like you know anyways um so there's that i thought i thought the ellen george w bush thing was nice i thought like it really was a beautiful thing i think that i wish more people would have just said no that's really a beautiful thing um yeah. uh wesley the henshin dad himself said uh he'd also add that it's important to be as gracious as possible with a person and try to see how they would arrive at their viewpoint so mm-hmm. put yourself in their position. Think through what led them to this. Yeah, that's uh, humility. Um, what could be informing their 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 ideas, their ideas, their ideas? Who is disciplining them? These are important things to remember. And if they're a Christian, we're called to love and serve them like brothers and sisters. So assuming best intentions is vital. If they're not, like Micah said, we can potentially hurt our witness, especially when we're being overly aggressive and combative. Um, there's a time for speaking straight and a time for being aggressive, but that shouldn't be our immediate go-to. Mm. Mm. Like good stuff. But these, I, I, lo- I love those dudes. Yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, sorry if I could just uh, no, just emphasize that last point too. Is that um, yes, there are instances in which. It's okay, you know, to be blunt and to be, to use, um, to use more biting language in specific instances, but that Mm -hmm. is, that ought not to be your go-to. Not every situation requires a strong answer. Like Mm -hmm. it is okay. You can play your cards close to the chest. We opened up this podcast talking about Columbo. Okay. (laughs) One of the, um, one of the most amazing things that he does on that show is that he plays dumb 
90% of the time and then shows you how he's been like playing the room the entire time. Um, Mm -hmm. That is, that is something that we can learn from. Like, even if we disagree with someone, we ought to be able to have a conversation with them about it. Uh, it, you know, to anyways. So I, I just wanted you, to emphasize that. No, that, that, and your sort of like apologetic for Columbo actually makes me want to go find out where I can watch Columbo <laughs> and watch Columbo. Um, so pose that same question in the Facebook group real quick. Did Columbo smoke cigars? I think he did. Did he? I'm not sure. I could see, totally just, see him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, Hmm. Anyways, anyways, um, oh, one more question. In a former, do you think there was ever a time when R.C. Sproul dressed up like Columbo? That would be uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> okay. So I just I just typed it into uh, a search, and there is uh, on experts one two three dot com. There was a question asked: What kind of cigars does Columbo smoke? <gasps> so hooray. <yes. laughs> Huzzah. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, Jesse, our our boy Jesse Jesse Knopp, T Bell Payne, um, the uh, the king of the bells of taco. <laughs> um, but uh, the the backlog backlog golf biggest loser. Um, mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. at plus hundred and ten something ridiculous. I don't know, but um, he wrote. In these discussions, I do my darndest to continue. Darndest, mm, isn't that cute? <laughs> He's so nice. Um, to remind myself of two thoughts. Uh, one, I could be the one who is cr- incorrect more often than you know, Jesse. <laughs> I'm kidding. I I have great affection for him, and he actually demonstrates a, a ton of wisdom and yeah. grace when he wants to. <laughs> Don't get a big head. Um, but he says, uh, two, if I'm not incorrect, when tested against scripture, I always ask myself, is this belief of theirs going to send them to hell or dishonor God if they don't correct it? And then he writes, being humble can be tough. Uh, Michael Bowmeister, uh, said, Jesse Knopp, I second point number two, if it is truly not going to hurt someone or dishonor God, it's not really a hill I need to die on. And I'm like, and he has to remind himself. We, we all need to remind ourselves of that. So, Mm -hmm. um, Logan, the dear, dear emperor himself writes, um, I often wonder when I feel my blood boil, a few things. One, is this a quarrel over words that will shipwreck someone's faith? Second Timothy 2.14. And two, are they still young in their faith and need time for the Holy Spirit to work? Do I still need the Holy Spirit to work in me? And again, these are very like humble sort of consider the other person. Don't be, you know, check, check. Check yourself mm-hmm. before you wiggity wiggy wreck yourself. That's true. Um, Good word. To our dude Jeremiah Styles mm, gave us the word of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have just waited until we read his comment to unroll it, but it's true. Um, I have a sharp wit that tends to come out at the wrong time. So if someone in his opinion is being stupid, his default is to show them and everyone else how stupid their argument is. I use restraint by not engaging at all. Sometimes that's actually the best course of action. Uh, A fool can look wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Uh, (laughs) 
you know, and a wise man could prove himself to be a fool by opening his mouth. Um, So, but he says, I can only engage if I'm in a good place emotionally and prepared to be very patient and fair yet pointed. One of the times he actually pulled that off, he diffused the situation online, which he didn't know was possible. Who knew? You can be reasonable on the internet. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, not downplaying your thing, Jeremiah. Yeah. Just being me. Uh, Not mean. I'm being, I'm trying to be funny. Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) I tried to explain the joke and made it less, even unfunnier than it actually was. (laughs) Never mind. Uh, That approach is hard for him to do, but the upside is even if the person responds badly, they're showing their hand and reasonable people will see the difference in character. So in weighty situations, being the cooler headed person seems to get one of the best ways to get, or seems to be the best way to get the truth across and pray throughout the encounter that you glorify God with your words and that his will be done in the situation. He said, that wasn't supposed to be such a long comment. And here comes the best one. Um, also, I want to say some reformed meme page admins need serious help knowing the difference between boldness and buttholery. Yep, it's true. <laughs> See, that could be a podcast name right there. Boldness and buttholery. Mm, it's like <laughs> doctrine and devotion, but way more immature. Yeah, and um, actually, you probably wouldn't want that to be, you know, if no one knows what you're talking about, that sounds kind of weird. Boldness and buttholery. <laughs> um, so anyway. He, he said that the same goes for all Christians interacting online. Um, but the bigger the platform, the more responsibility, not less. Mm. And then mm. we uh, both, I I laughed reacted to everything but you put buttholery is my new favorite word um and he said glad to be of service <laughs> so uh noah jimison you got a heart react from me Noah, because you uh you pulled up a passage that um yeah uh but he says i'm guessing you're planning on going to romans 14 and while we didn't explicitly go to that i did say read it mm-hmm. um As I've worked through that passage and the practical ramifications of it, I've learned that patience is key. We tend to want immediate solutions to trials when they come, but we forget how God patiently molds our hearts and our theology over years or even decades of trials, suffering, and disagreements. Dude, that's the other part. You know, I don't don't think we really hit that, but patience really is sort of the Mm -hmm. other side of that. Humility and, and sort of knowing that humility and patience, I think, work hand in hand in a lot of this stuff. Um, and then Lauren queen, the, the queen of backlog golf who has mm-hmm. like a negative 7 billion, um, her version of this me, I still don't agree. Now let's hug. That's because she wants, she's super nice. It's true. She is always encouraging the nicest lady. Um, yeah, she might I, like not even have to listen to this episode at all. Cause she I don't probably, think probably ever- doesn't heard a slightly harsh word out of her you know not that i've heard her just you know from the typing she's just she's super nice like i she's one of the admins over at trg and she's just very kind and uh yeah anyway like i Good stuff. just i don't have enough nice things to say about her <laughs> she's just she's just she's the second best <laughs> My 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 wife is the best. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and then you know, Rad Dad uh, from with awesome and reverence mm. said, "New episode, can't wait to hear it, especially on these two topics." Well, 
I mean, we didn't really talk about them explicitly. We just talked about we have a dif- we have a difference of opinion here or a difference of conviction and position here. Mm-hmm. And maybe at some point in time, maybe we could hide that behind a paywall. We could go down the rabbit hole of why we believe what we believe, but not today. We could do that. We could even do just like a, a bite-sized episode too. Talk yeah. About it a bit. Yeah. Mm. Making decisions Things. here live on the podcast. This is great. This is mm, best Perfect. radio ever. <laughs> In a world where Josh and Nate don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Unfortunately, that world is reality. <laughs> All the time. But there we go. Um, but, you know, we've talked about this for a good two hours now. Um, yes, but there's tons of stuff that we didn't touch on. Um, I'm sure, you know, we hammered home a couple points, but that I'm sure there's a lot that you may have thought of that. You're just like, bro, you completely forgot that. If you find yourself in that camp, there are tons of ways that you can reach out and tell us we are on Twitter. Our handle is at BB downcast. You can email us directly at the backlog breakdown at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group, the hashtag backlog book club on Facebook. We have a discord server as well that will be linked in the description of this episode. And if you want to get a little more personal, on the internet there are tons of different places where we have our own personal accounts like you know twitter and gg and facebook and stuff like that i generally go by broccolope spelled b-r-o-c-c-o-l-o-p-e and nate goes by nate underscore mckeever Mm, yep that's that's some good stuff I'm thinking about changing my Twitter. Not <gasps> my, not the Nate underscore part, but like okay. you know how you can change it. It's it's Nate yells at clouds. Yep. And uh, I'm thinking about changing it to Senior Spoopy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, I, I don't know. I like it I as know. you're trying to get away from that the grumpus persona. That makes sense. That makes sense. You should do it, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but I've been Nate yells at clouds for so long. That's true. And I'm I'm actually thinking about changing my profile picture, which, which, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's some serious, serious, hot and heavy debates here going on. Inter- <laughs> internal debates going you know, on. That's that's how I we. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, if you guys enjoyed what you've heard today, we would greatly appreciate it if you uh, rate and review the podcast, because apparently that helps to get the word out. Uh, but one of the best ways you can get the word out is by sharing this episode. Sharing or is caring. It's true. Um, and then, of course, as we have mentioned, we do also have a Patreon. So if you want to give us a tip, you can head over there. There's a link for that in the or it's just patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown. It's super easy. I think uh I think it's pretty good. It's a pretty good you, little wrap up. You know, Josh, you we, disagree. there's one last thing that we No, I, I think we've sort of wandered to and far. We have to and fro. We have broken down the benefits of backlogs and mm. things. But sometimes you have no other options. But then to just, like, if, if someone is just being completely unreasonable, uh-huh. the best thing you could do 
is just walk away. Oh, I thought you were going to say settle it and smash. Ooh, well, that's really good too. But no, I was just saying, just just leave. You could settle it and smash. <laughs> you could, but or, or you could just leave. <laughs> he's he's not. He, uh, I'm trying to be clever, and he's just like he's. <laughs> Anyways, Josh, um, we have done our thing. Now it's time for them to do their thing, which is, what is their thing? Well, one of the things that we'd like for you to do is to join us with the hashtag BacklogBusters and play Silent Hill with us, because we'll be coming Mm, at you with our next episode where we talk about it. But until that episode, you keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Guitar sting. Alright, good.